The problem is we write a job description on everything positive and we don't think about the potential negatives. Welcome to the Business Made Simple podcast brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. I'm your host, Donald Miller. Well, today we're going to talk about hiring people. This is something that when I first started a business, had four or five employees, I just didn't think a whole lot about it. And after the company grows beyond about five or six people, and even before that, we should have been doing it differently, everything hinges on who you hire. And what I mean by that is you can pay somebody $100,000 and they can get you a $2 million return on that investment if it's the right person. Or you can pay somebody $100,000 and they can barely break even on what they're actually costing you. The number that you're paying them doesn't matter. What matters is their actual skill set and ability to deliver results. By the way, that is how you need to think of talent. You need to think of them as you're buying a financial skill set that should drive economic returns for the organization, which bears the obvious question, how do we hire people? How do we write a good job description? I want to help you on this episode. We're going to answer some questions about hiring and recruiting and retention and all that kind of stuff. You have written in asking questions. We are taking those questions and putting them into different categories. And we're going to try to answer a lot of those questions. Today, it is all about hiring. Welcome to the show. Your sales software shouldn't be a bummer. When you step inside your CRM, you should feel equipped to do your best work. And that's the magic of HubSpot Sales Hub. The new Sales Hub is designed to help you win. With an intuitive prospecting workspace and AI-powered tools that reduce your workload, closing deals is no big deal at all. Get AI-powered tools like ChatSpot that are tailor-made to help you automate steps across the sales pipeline so your teams can take back their time and spend it on the tasks that matter. Close more deals and get on track for your best Q1 yet. Learn about HubSpot Sales Hub at HubSpot.com slash sales. Bobby, did we get a big response to this? We did. We did. That's some pressure right there. It all rely, It's all <laughs> on my shoulders to highlight this, these problems for the, all the business owners listening. I believe in you. We, we hired the right guy when we hired Bobby. I'll tell you that. There we go. Okay, everybody. You heard it. You heard it right there. Um, but actually, we got a great question from a business owner named Emma that I'd like to start all this off with, who is the owner of Chic Threads. It's an online clothing boutique. It's out of Austin. And this is what she wrote. She goes, hey, Don, I'm gearing up to make my first hire for my business. So she's right there at the ground level. Okay. I want to bring on a talented and creative stylist, but I'm stuck on how to craft a job description that will really attract the kind of talent and collaborative spirit that I'm wanting to work with. What should I include? Yeah. Um, as much as possible. But let's, let's actually kind of narrow it down. There are some objectives that you want this person to be able to accomplish, and you likely don't exactly know what they are. You've just said, well, I want a stylist. And so you want to do some hard, thoughtful work before you even write this job description. You want to start brainstorming things. I want you to picture what a week looks like with this new stylist and what they've done. For instance, if you picture this week, were you worried at all about how they interacted with clients? Were you worried that they were easily frustrated or anything? like? You never imagine that, right, Bobby? I mean, you're never going to sit there and go, oh, yeah, I imagine they were. No, you, all that stuff is deleted out and right. you're, you're, you're imagining perfection. But what you need to do is actually make a list of every possible landmine that you can think of. Every single one of them. She's short with clients. She has bad breath. She, you know what I mean? She actually doesn't have an eye for style. You know, she's not polite. Everything that could go wrong. Now, this isn't in the job so description. So you're thinking this is all hypothetical. All hypothetical. Got it, got it. 
you're trying to mitigate as much potential damage as possible. The problem is when we're writing the job description, we write a job description on everything positive and we don't think about the potential negatives. But it's never the lack of positive that we hire that's the problem. It's the fact that they can't work with people or they're, they're just not on time or they need to be the boss and they're unwilling to consider anybody else's position. It's stuff that you discover later. And so what you want to do is list all of those landmines. Here's everything that I can think of that would possibly go wrong with a stylus. Now, you're going to put that on a big yellow pad, right? And you want to take that list. You can even use ChatGPT to do this. You can list all of these things and just tell ChatGPT, I'm really worried. I'm going to hire somebody, but I don't want anybody who will cause these 10 problems. Will you please help me word this as a job description and help me come up with values or character traits that prevent any of these negative things? And ChatGPT, this is where ChatGPT actually does a pretty good job. That's brilliant. Yeah. And, and then they're going to say, must be friendly with people, must be incredibly patient. And now you've got this thing to staple to the job description. I mean, realize these are all digital now, but the sort of characteristics we're looking for in this position. And you've got all of that. And that to me is as important as the actual job description, because it's an agreement that you can go back to. You also want them in the onboarding process, you want to take out that sheet of paper and you want to read it one by one to them and say, hey, these are some of the values that we're looking for. Can you tell me about your experience in which you've had a customer that is snooty, irritating, offensive to you? Not like, you know, there's some customers you need to say, get out of my shop, but you know what I'm talking about. Right. You know, they're entitled. And how have you displayed patience and kindness and turned the other cheek with somebody who's like that? Now, you're doing two things. They're going to have to have an answer to that, but you're also telling them this is going to happen to you. And if you say, well, I'm not up for that, you know, I obviously won't be disrespected. You're, you're done. They're, they're, they're out, right? Because you will be disrespected in this position, not all the time. And I'm certainly going to defend my team members, but those things just happen to human beings. And you're teasing out whether or not this is going to be a problem. I think that part of the job description is as important as we're looking for nine to five we're looking for somebody who can be in South Austin. We're looking for somebody who loves fashion and loves – every freaking person loves fashion and style. You know what I mean? Like every, everybody – like, oh, I, I read a GQ magazine once. I love that stuff. You know, so you got you to get a little bit more on narrative. And you're also giving people a chance to sort of self-select out because you're being super, super honest. You know, another question that you're going to want to ask is how much of a micromanager am I as the person who is hiring them? And if I am very comfortable micromanaging people and I like to micromanage people, this person and I need to get along. And so I'm looking for somebody who doesn't mind me constantly giving them, you know, a list of today's objectives and things like that. How do you say that to somebody without you saying I'm a micromanager or do you just or do you say, hey, I'm, I'm kind of a micromanager and you just sort of. Get well, that out you know, right I, I have a, a mentor of mine who used to say the key to of being a great leader is to micromanage without anybody knowing you're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, a coach on a team micromanages. You know, can you imagine in Bobby, if you were walking down the hall and I said, hey, Bob, I noticed you were walking down the hall and you really you led with your left foot. I need you to lead with your right foot. You would be like, yes, I'm sir. out of here. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're a basketball coach, it's exactly right, what right, you're right. saying. Yeah. But I am not a micromanager. And so... I actually look for the exact opposite. 
you know, if you need me to show up every day and tell you what to do and give you constant direction, if you have no creativity about where you want this thing to go, we will fail. We, we will not partner well together. I, I hand you a division and you kind of come back and say, Don, here's what I'm thinking about where I want this division to go. And then I say, oh, I love this part. I think you're going to have trouble with this. I'm willing to give it a try, but I think, you know, that's it. That's, I mean, you know, you've worked with me for years. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that question has so much more to do with you Mm -hmm. and your compatibility with somebody else. So we've got two things now that need to go. One of these characteristics that prevent landmines and the other are characteristics that work well with you. And to me, that is as or more important than even the job description itself, right? I mean, here's what I want. That You've got to get the job description in there. But to me, that those are the things that people don't put in job descriptions that actually tease out the best possible client. People say, well, it's so hard to find a unicorn. It's because you don't have any bait that unicorn eat. <laughs> That's why you're not finding a unicorn. <laughs> you know, they're look, you're looking for a very, very specific person. And another thing that you're going to want to do is in order to find that person, I want you to sit down. This is a good exercise to do, period. Sit down and list every characteristic of every person that you can think of that has ever annoyed you. Just list it. You know, they deceive a little bit in order to get people to do what they want. They exaggerate. When I walk in the room to do work, they want to chit-chat for 30 minutes. They have trouble actually focusing on what's important. That would be really irritating to me because I'm high D Enneagram 3. Somebody else may say they actually take the time to connect and work together as a team and care about their other teammates. It's the exact opposite of what I'm looking for, yet that is a positive for the chemistry of that team. So, you know, to take and say, here's how, here's who I am, and here's everything that, that's ever annoyed me. Now, what you may realize is after you do that is you're a jerk. <laughs> you get annoyed really easily, and that's, you know, that we can all grow in that area. But we have to just be realistic. You know, I mean, you're not a bad person for being annoyed that somebody is always, you know, trying to make chit chat or whatever. They, that, that's not doesn't make you a bad person. It's just a characteristic that you find yourself compatible with. These relationships, look, I spend as much or more time on Monday through Friday with Bobby Richards, my podcast producer, than I do with my wife. So we are, Bobby, I love you. We are in a relationship. We're besties right <laughs> We're here. Besties. We're podcast besties. <laughs> um, because, you know, I get about an hour with my wife in the morning, get three hours. I guess I spend more time with my wife than I do with you. But, you know, you don't realize how much time you're going to spend with these folks and how much the quality of your life can be improved and the quality of theirs if there is a compatibility. But how do you actually define compatibility? I think the hard part of it is, you know, how is this person going to be an economic return? If you're thinking about hiring a stylist, are they good at saying, I think this is the right decision for you? Would you like me to box this up? If, if they are not good at that, then you're going to have somebody who gives people really good fashion advice as a volunteer <laughs> for, your, for your company. They got to land a sale. Yeah, yeah. As, as, a, yeah. as a generous, charitable thing, that's not going to lead to a sale. You know, so one of the characteristics are in the interview questions, like, how do you ask for money? And tell me about some times when you've asked for money and people have turned around and given it to you on behalf of whoever you work for. And if they're uncomfortable with that, you got the wrong person. They're not going to be able to do it. You know, but if they say, look, you know, I've, I really want to break in this and I've been in the Nordstrom shoe department for a long time and I worked on commission 
and uh, more shoes I sell at the end of the day, you know, then the base salary is not that great. So if you're asking me if I mind asking for the money, I don't mind asking for the money. In you're fact, like, here's some I would stories. actually <laughs> like a, a decent base salary, and I'd like to be on a commission if that's possible. Now we're now we're on it, right? They just asked for the sale they did. from you. <laughs> they, did. they absolutely did. It's all about managing those expectations up front. Yeah, like what you said, and it, it almost is an exercise in, like you said, understanding kind of who are you, <laughs> who as a, as yeah, a business oh, owner, isn't it? What do you want? Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it, when we think about it as a marriage. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean that, of course, in a, in a metaphorical sure. way. When you think about it as a relationship that you're going to be in, everything starts to change because now you're looking at soft characteristics and things that annoy you or don't annoy you. And But the reality is, listen, if two people get along really well and like working with each other, I would expect 10x more productivity and more benefit to that professional relationship than I would if people don't want to be around each other. Well, and with everything that Emma's asking about, she's hiring, the, this is the first person, she's scaling her business for yeah. the first time past herself. So I hopefully- Well, the Emma, other thing I would ask this. Emma is, is, do you want a stylist or do you want a virtual assistant? True. Yeah. You know, and a virtual assistant is going to be able to run your schedule and it's going to be able to take care of your dry cleaning. It's going to schedule your hair appointment. You know, it's going to schedule, you know, it's going to tell you, it's going to ping you, your kid's into school play. You know, tomorrow, make sure to get that gift that we were talking about. And it might be that Emma is doing so much of that that she thinks she needs a stylist. And the right. truth is she should be the stylist. Uh, what she needs is somebody to run and manage her personal slash professional life. So Emma, there's a question for you. Like, is, is this the right first hire? Yeah. How much of that mental load do you need taken off, yeah, especially <laughs> taken if off you your love shoulders? It. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. I will say if you ever want to sell the business to have a team of stylists who are working and you are not the stylist, that actually is a much more valuable business because- People who want to buy a business look for owner hustles and they avoid them. So I, I realize I just said, don't go this way and don't go that way, but that's for you to decide. There's alternate realities at every corner. Yeah. But so, <laughs> the, yeah. So in this reality that we're, that we're following. So it's, let's say Emma's, I'm going to kind of expand on here because as you're saying all these things, uh, you know, past her question, what she asked, she wanted to know about the description. I feel yeah. like we've, we've laid that <laughs> yeah. out. You've laid right, that out yeah. really well. Moving forward. What about Emma or who, whoever, uh, you know, the business owner listening right now, what about that first interview? Yeah. How much of it is repeating or asking in person the questions that you're breaking down or the expectations you're managing in that job description versus a whole new set of questions or the next level? What's that next level of questions or approach that you need to take when you're adding on to your team or in Emma's case, hiring that first new You know employee? what I would do? And hopefully other people can learn from this, even though it's very specific to Emma's situation. You know, when she came into the shop, first of all, I'd meet in the shop. And I'd meet before or after hours. And I'd say, welcome to the shop. Let me, let me show you around. And let me tell you what, you what we do here and what our mission is. And then, you know, let's say this woman's name is Nancy. Nancy, I want to do something really crazy if you're up for it. I actually want you to style me. I've got a, let's just hypothetically, I've got a wedding coming up. And um, I'm the mother of the bride. Or, you know, whatever. You know, just make up some scenario. Right. And say, let's walk around and let's just do some role playing. Do you give her a heads up? Does she, would Emma give no. her a heads up? Or is this something that you're just uh, like, hey, I, I wouldn't, let's jump I right wouldn't into give this. her a heads up because you want to see what well, you're, you're testing confidence. Yeah. You, you know what you're really testing? Playfulness. Mm hmm. And I would think a stylist has to be playful. Oh, this is okay. Oh, this is so much better than just sitting yeah, down I mean, across like, the table. Yeah, it's like throwing a swim instructor into the deep end. So let's see. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? If they're like, well, I'm not comfortable because I did Well, they're not. You're not. You're like, swim. oh, no, no, no. <laughs> you're not going to be able to teach me to yeah, swim. Yeah. So I would do that. And then I would be asking those questions, you know, dancing with them and say, I love the dress that you chose. Tell me why you love it and what, what you were thinking about and be really affirming to them. And then in the process of that, say, hey, I got to be really honest with you. Sometimes like every 20th person, they're under a lot of stress. 
And they can actually be rude and dismissive. And I'm wondering, how, how would you, I'm not going to do that to you, but how would you handle me if I, if I made a slight comment that just said, I actually don't think you know what you're talking about when it comes to weddings. If I said that to you, how would you handle that? And if they're kind of put off by that, then you have somebody who needs to be trained or developed. But if they turn around and said, you know, it is um, one of the funnest things that I get to do is to make people like me. And I see it as a challenge. When I'm over, like yeah. By the time you leave this room, you are going to like me. You are going to like. And I'm just like, you are in, right? And, you know, so you're not going to get everything on your wish list, but you're going to get a lot of it. I, I think if you sit and talk to somebody, they can kind of put on an act a little bit. But if you put if you throw them into the deep end and they're actually kind of doing the job, if that's possible at all for you to do, then I think that's how you want to do it. And look, if, if it's somebody who's like, you know, they've been in construction, but they've never worked a jackhammer and you know that they're used to hard work all day and you can train them to work a jackhammer, you might actually just say, hey, in lieu of an interview, we're going to go out back. I just want to bust some concrete. And I, I know you've never done this before, but I just want to bust, you know, concrete that we've got back here or meet at a job site. And what you're now, what you're doing is seeing, is this person teachable? Then if they are, I, I don't care how, how much concrete they've busted. If they've busted it, I, they're hired, right? Because you know, their attitude is great. They just jumped right into the deep end with confidence and they've got a moldable attitude and you know, they could probably work about twice as fast, but they will, I guarantee you by next week. DTC Pod, hosted by Ramon Berrios and Blaine Bolas, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. DTC Pod is a podcast about all things direct-to-consumer. Ramon and Blaine cover everything for starting, growing, and optimizing e-commerce stores and DTC brands. They talk with founders, marketers, platforms, creators, and marketing and growth agencies, covering topics like brand building, social media, influencer marketing, website conversion, the list goes on and on. So if you're interested in the stories behind your favorite consumer brands, you need to listen to this podcast. In fact, in episode 299 titled Build a Better Brand with the Ultimate Shopify Accelerator, Ben Scharf, co-founder of Platter, a storefront accelerator for Shopify brands, covers how to streamline a brand's Shopify experience to drive and increase conversion all without bankrupting your business or confusing your customers. Listen to DTC Pod wherever you get your podcasts. And now back to the show. One of the things that's interesting to me in a job interview is when I say, hey, do you have any questions for us? If they don't have any, I see that not as a red flag, but I see that as kind of a concern because they should also be worried that they're going to be put in a situation where they can't perform. We just interviewed an accountant who would be coming on as sort of a, a controller for us. And we did a great interview. She had a ton of questions. Then she actually emailed us. And instead of, you know, the standard, hey, really enjoy getting to know you, love the mission, let me know if you have anything. She actually said, really enjoy getting to know you, love the mission. Uh, I have a couple of concerns. You said that you wanted to do this with your company. Does that mean that I would be doing this or that I would be doing this? And if you do that, I feel it's necessary that you take these steps, two of which I've never taken. How comfortable are you? I mean, you're hired. Because you are trying to figure out if we are a match. You're not trying to tell me what I need to hear to get the job. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. That really won me over. I really liked that. Now, if she would have said, look, that's not what I want to do, and you're asking me to do it, that's different. But she was just saying, hey, a little insecure about my ability to perform here. 
And I would say if any insecurity you have about your ability to perform there, it sounds like you want to perform extremely well. These are easy things to learn, you know, and, and be comforting in that sense. Well, it sounds like that person was managing expectations with you. That person had confidence. Which is, it's very confident to be able to say, I don't know how to do this. No, I want that, to learn. That and, yeah. you know, I mean, if I, I, I will never probably apply for a job because I like my job, but I know my liabilities to know. Like if somebody wanted me to be chief marketing officer, I'm going to go in and I'm going to say, look, I'm great at strategy. I'm great at creative. I'm great at messaging. I don't like details. How are you going to put people around me that manage details and get the ball into the end zone? If you are expecting me to do that, you are going to be let down. But if you put those people around me, we as a team will get the ball into the end zone more times than you can imagine. Because I know what I need to do in order to win, and I know what I can't do. And if I don't want this job for a year and then fail. So that is a really, it's a much more developed, experienced person, but aren't aren't we all looking for that? And it's figuring out how to identify their superpower. Yeah. And and it's also a great thing to to be able to say, hey, you know, everybody has strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. What are your weaknesses? What, What are the liabilities that you bring to a job that you need other people to help with? or you need other people to cover. For instance, this controller just said, look, you know, I'd, I'd love to sit in on leadership meetings and give feedback. I don't see myself as a strategist. And what she was telling me was, I'm going to run the books and give you the data that you need to make decisions. I'm not going to be able to help you make those decisions. And I, I just thought, gosh, what, that sort of self-awareness is so freaking rare, right? Because if you really wanted the job and you were insecure about it, you'd say, I believe I can speak into strategy. And, and I've been a part of a company that has tripled in revenue. Well, I'm glad you've been a part of a company that's tripled in revenue. That had to do with sales and marketing, by the way. That had nothing to do with you. But I think um, asking questions like, what are your liabilities? If they don't have an answer to that, they're either young or they're not self-aware. Because we all figure out, healthy people figure out what they're not good at and can communicate that very clearly in any relationship. Do you know what's so great about this conversation or about how you're breaking this down is not only are you explaining and breaking down and coaching Emma and our listeners through how they can hire and bring on top yeah, talent. Yeah. You're teaching people who are looking to be hired to work on how you can Yeah, they're get looking for a unicorn by, yeah. and you're looking for a unicorn's job. Right. Right. I mean, can you imagine being unhappy and I mean, the more people are kind of smelling around and trying to figure things out, the less desperate they are and the more value that they know they have to offer. The other thing, lastly, in terms of interviewing, you want to know what the objectives are. And then you want to know, not saying it's a, they have to have it, you want to know if they have any experience doing specifically what you need done. I just had a conversation with Scott Harrison and Christina Tosi. Christina Tosi started Milk Bar. Yeah. And Scott started Charity Water. We just had dinner the other night. And we were talking about hiring, and Christina just hired a CEO that she just loves and is doing a fantastic job, so kudos to her. But one of the things that we, all three of us, admitted was that when we're interviewing somebody, we will fall in love with the company that they worked for, and we think we're getting that company's glory. The glory that happened to Apple and Spotify or whatever is going to happen to us without even doing any due diligence whether that person had any pretty product. So fall, falling in love with the, with the resume. Well, falling in love with the company that's sure, on sure. resume. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. Right? Without going, I realize you were in the room. What was your part in the, in the success? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And who knows? They might have been the reason that the company's half as big as it is because they were a problem. So, you know, be, beware of falling in love. And, and then what I've always said is don't look for a rescuer. Don't look for somebody who's going to rescue you. Oh, that's huge. Uh, look for a partner because your company is your company. And nobody's going to rescue you. You're looking for a partner in growing that company. 
And uh, you want to be really careful about that sort of rescue mindset and falling in love with, as you say, a resume, really the companies that are listed on that resume. doesn't tell you anything. And, and, you know, here's another thing, Bobby, is like I've talked to people who multiple occasions where somebody fell in love with the company. In fact, a friend of mine has an $80 million company and he started the company, he was co-founder. And that company hired a couple of people from a company that was a multi-billion dollar company and also did software development, two diff- very different pieces of software. Well, the board fell in love with these multi-billion dollar executives who could come over and do the same thing here. The problem is those people had come onto that company when it was a billion dollar company and helped it grow to multi-billion. This is an $80 million company. They'd never taken anything from 80 million to a billion. 80 million to a billion is a completely different challenge than a billion to 5 billion. So they got in there and wrecked the company. And the board kept like doubling down and doubling down. And the the CEO was like, look, you know, you got to trust me. I I realized that I'm just a guy who started the company in my garage and I really don't know what I'm doing. I know that you think that, but just look at the numbers and what I did with the numbers and what they did with the numbers. You know, if we're a billion dollar company, you want to go to 5 billion, I have all sorts of faith in these guys. But 80 million to a billion, nobody in, in that room has ever done that. And after three years and the company continuing to decline and decline and decline, they let the guys go and they gave the reins back to the CEO who started it in their garage. And now the company is growing again. So, you, you know, you get self-deceived a lot when you're hiring people. Well, it sounds like really the last step in the whole like hiring or interview process of hiring, you know, from description to that sort of first interview slash competency test, you know, when you're doing the hair, you know, that, the, the, that <laughs> yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, that, yeah. that mock trial, you know, yeah, the hypothetical yeah, yeah. situation right there. All the way down to don't forget to also say, can you do the job that we need you to do? Yeah. Can you do the job? I mean, that's really it. And even if you can't do the mock situation where you're throwing them into the deep end, those role playing things, if you can have dinner with them and just say, let's say I'm a customer who's done this, or let's say, you know, with our controller, let's say you discover that somebody on the team, you know, there's money going out a hole in the boat and it looks like theft. Like, what are, what are your steps? You know, I mean, every kind of hypothetical that you can give them will tell the truth. Sure. If you say, you know, are you an honest person? Nobody's going to go, well, not really. <laughs> They're going to go, I'm an honest person. But if you give them a test of just like, hey, you know, there's going to be cash laying around in the cash tiller and you've got bills to pay and we're over by 200 bucks and you can't, you don't know why. I hate to ask you because I'm not going to accuse you of anything. What do you do with the 200 bucks that's in the till? Yeah, and just see how they answer it. And if they say, you know, I give it back and I just don't do that. Uh, that's not who I am. Um, you know, maybe, maybe not, you know, and anybody would say that, but if they say that's a tough one, but at the end of the day, I can't, I don't think I could sleep if I took 200 bucks. I really don't. Um, so I'd probably ask you for a raise. (laughs) (laughs) Then I'm like, okay, you know, you're going to, you're going to, now you've got more for your intuition to work with. Right. And you're getting a feel for somebody. I love it. Uh, Emma, hopefully you have what you need moving forward to bring on that stylist or, as Don said, potentially a VA. And I always recommend a virtual assistant being her first hire, but that's not the point. You know, at the end of every episode, you know that we give kind of a plan of action, something that you can do. And anybody, whether you're hiring or not, and Bobby, I'd be curious for your feedback on this. Sure. I think that today's plan of action might be make that list of everything that annoys you. I think that's huge to be able to let that fuel and flavor how you then write up the description or well, plug that into chat. I even recommend, even if you're not hiring somebody, you do that just so you know yourself a little bit better, but sure. do actually invert that list into positives because you don't want to go around with a negative mindset saying, 
oh, I hate it when people value signal or, you know, you don't want to be able to do, you don't want to do that. And ChatGPT is one of the great things about it is it's actually pretty good at that stuff. Mm -hmm. And you may come out with a characteristics I love about people. And that list then begins to inform who you want to hang out with. Your friends, your significant yeah, others, gosh, your friends. Yeah. Listen, if you're single and you're dating, you take that list and that's going to be a pretty nice list with a person who's almost perfect. And then you got to ask yourself a hard question. Is that, am I even remotely compatible with this person? Right, <laughs> right. I, like, would this person like me? Right, right. And then you got to go, I got some work to do. I'm not dating for a while. I got to figure myself out. <laughs> They're on a date going, why do you keep looking down at your hand, at a piece of paper, <laughs> checking things off a box? I think that's the plan of action. I think it's, it's start that list, use ChatGPT to invert that list into a, a list of characteristics that you value in people, and then allow that to bleed over into your hiring processes. Emma, go do that. Everybody <laughs> listening, go do that. All right, everybody. Thanks as always for listening to the Business Made Simple podcast. We are absolutely obsessed with helping you grow your small business. Until next week, see you soon. Want to have Don coach through your question like the ones featured in today's episode? Just go to businessmadesimple.com slash podcast. Let us know what's keeping you up at night when it comes to running your business and submit your question at businessmadesimple.com slash podcast. 